Have you ever been in a situation where it seems like the enemy is attacking and attacking and you're rebuking this spirit and that spirit, but it seems like they don't want to leave? Doesn't it sometimes seem to appear like there's an overarching spirit, su such as these spirits may have a power source either in the atmosphere or in yourself? I want to talk about anchoring spirits. Stay tuned to Consuming Fire Network. Hallelujah. Praise God. Thank everybody for tuning in. This is your host, Bryson Ricardo Butler with Consuming Fire Network. And again, on today, what I want to talk about is detaching anchor spirits, detaching anchor spirits. Now, what do, what do, you, what do you mean? Uh, what I mean is sometimes we can, we, we are first giving power and authority over all spirits given by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Uh, being that we have that power and authority through him, uh, there are some demonic spirits that maybe harass us in our sleep, in our dreams, in our lives, or maybe you know somebody, a friend or family member that's been either demonically harassed or even possessed, but it seems like you're calling out this spirit and that spirit, and it may go away for a season, but then it comes back, or sometimes it switches spirits, or sometimes the spirit doesn't leave, and it seems like there's a power source that keeps them attached to your life or a loved one's life or to a situation and they just don't want to leave. See, sometimes spirits draw power from other spirits. So that's what I want to talk about, detaching the anchor spirit. Uh, so going into the word, I'm coming from Mark, the ninth chapter, Mark chapter nine. Uh, and I'm going to start at the 14th verse, just kind of setting this up. Jesus and his three, I'll call them inner circle disciples, uh, James, uh, Peter and John, they went up the mountain and Jesus got transcended. He was glowing in all white and spoke with uh, Elias and Moses. Then this is right after they're, they're finishing their journey. They came back down. Now, keep in mind, the disciples already went out two by two. So they already have power and authority against demonic spirits. OK, so keep that in mind. So again, Mark chapter nine, starting at verse 14. And when he came to his disciples, he saw a great multitude about them and the scribes questioning with them and straightway all the people when they beheld him were greatly amazed and running to him saluted him. And he asked the scribes, what question ye them? And one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit. And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, and he foameth, and gnasheth with his teeth, and pineth away. And I spake to thy disciples that they should cast him out, and they could not. He answered him and saith, O faithless generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him unto me. And they brought him unto him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tear him and he fell on the ground and wallowed foaming. And he asked his father, how long is it ago since this came unto him? And he said of a child. And oftentimes it have cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if thou canst do anything, have compassion on us and help us. 
Jesus said unto him, If thou canst believe, all things are possible to him that believeth. And straightway the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, help thou my unbelief. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit, saying, Now pay attention. What did Jesus call the spirit? He called him, Thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee, come out of him and enter no more into him. And the spirit cried and rent him sore and cast and came out of him, and he was as one dead, insomuch that many said he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up, and he arose. And when he was come into the house, his disciples asked him privately, Why could not we cast him out? And he said unto them, This kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. Again, talking about detaching the anchor spirit, detaching the anchor spirit. So in this situation, in this scenario, is somebody with a loved one that's not just being demonically harassed. Now, when I say demonically harassed, I mean, you're not spiritually taken over by demons, but sometimes spirits can harass you so much they speak to you and have these thoughts going through your mind so you're not possessed, you're harassed. This young son of a father is beyond harassment. He is being Possessed. I mean, he's taking him, throwing him water, throwing him fire. He's foaming at the mouth. He's gnashing at the teeth. He is full on possessed by a spirit. Now, the problem is the disciples, they're just coming back from a voyage where they've been successful uh, having authority over unclean spirits. They went out two by two. They were laying hands on, casting this spirit out and healing people and proclaiming uh, that the kingdom of God is at hand as they were instructed by, by Jesus Christ. But this is an issue where they came across a spirit that they couldn't cast out. And, and I can see, just like, I don't know if you ever seen in Deliverance Church today, the huffing and puffing and I'll cast you out on the demonic spirit and foul spirit and you evil spirit and, and they're huffing and puffing and, and sweating through, through their suit, but nothing is happening. The spirit is still there. And disciples, by the time Jesus show up, they're wore out. They're wore out physically, they're wore out mentally, they're wore out, they're wore out spiritually, and they're even maybe even wore out in their faith. Have you ever been in a situation where I know the word says this, but I tried what the word said and it's not working, so now my faith is being wore out. So now I can imagine the disciples wondering like, what in the entire world is going on? Because when you said this out, we had, uh, we had power over all spirits. First of all, the first issue is this. If we go back down to verse 17, and one of the multitude answered and said, Master, I have brought, so this is the father, I have brought unto thee my son, which hath a dumb spirit, which hath a dumb spirit. So here's, here's the first issue. The disciples were calling this spirit, not what the word of God called the spirit, not what the spirit of God would call it because of course the Holy Ghost wasn't available unto them. Uh, the Holy Ghost came after uh, Christ was crucified and then he left us the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit. So at this point, they're listening to the father describe what the spirit is, but they haven't heard the word of God to describe the spirit himself. So they're going along with calling the spirit, whatever the father called it. Because again, the father said, my son is possessed by a dumb spirit. 
So I can imagine he, he's, his son's going crazy. He's foaming at the mouth. He's, he's having these tears. And he finds these disciples. He knows they're followers of Christ. And he says the first thing out of his mouth, help my son. He has a dumb spirit. So the disciples hearing that this son is possessed by a dumb spirit as described by the father and seeing the symptoms, seeing the fruit of the spirit. Okay, he's gnashing with his teeth. He's foaming at the mouth. Seems like a dumb spirit to me. Do y'all agree? Okay, okay. We're all in agreement. We're all disciples in agreement. So I rebuke you, you dumb spirit. Come thou out, you dumb spirit. In Jesus' name, I, I, I pronounce you that you come and vacate out of that body in the name of Jesus. Hold that piece and come out. Dumb spirit, dumb spirit, dumb spirit, dumb spirit. But that's not the spirit that's in control. Now, that's the spirit that's manifesting, but that's not the spirit that's holding the power. Now, what do you mean? Um, the, I mean, even in Ephesians 6, it lists the different demonic ranks. He said in Ephesians 6, I mean, we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, spiritual wickedness in high places, uh, spiritual rulers throughout the world. Uh, it's different demonic ranks. Um, what we need to know about fighting spirits and battling with spirits and spiritual warfare, uh, and especially intercession, is that the weaker the spirit, the more it manifests. The more powerful the spirit, the more that spirit is hidden. You, you won't be able to see it. So when you, I don't know if you ever seen, uh, I'm from a deliverance ministry, so I've seen true deliverance. I've seen forming at the mouth. I've seen people walk back. I've seen all these things in real life. But a lot of people, I mean, you can see like paranormal activity and all these other crazy movies and kind of kind of the same thing. But those are weak spirits. The weaker the spirit, the more you're going to see an outward appearance. You're going to see a manifestation of it. So when you see people foaming at the mouth like the sun and gnashing at the teeth, that's a weak, a, moder a moderately weak spirit. But the stronger the spirit, the more spirits will hide over, the more he can go under layer, under layer, under layer and hide for years and decades. These stronger spirits can even hide in bloodlines. So for instance, alcoholism. On one side of my family, uh, we got a lot of alcoholics. And it's passed down from bloodline to bloodline to generation to generation to generation because that strong spirit enjoys the bloodline because it found a home there. Uh, until, But I, I am a curse breaker in the name of Jesus. I'm proclaiming you as a generational curse breaker over any uh, demonic spirit that's, uh, that is attracted to your bloodline in Jesus' name. I, I, I proclaim that we are the generation that's going to break that curse. Amen? Amen. But the stronger the spirit, the more it hides in the background. You won't see it manifest. It's kind of like... I don't want to dumb it down too much, but I, I, I want to put it in a way where we can all understand it. So, I mean, if you've ever seen like any mob movie, like uh, Goodfellas or, or The Godfather or anything like that, I mean, on the corner, the ones doing the dirt, the ones selling guns, the ones on the corner selling drugs and all that, they have relatively little power and relatively little authority. Those are the foot soldiers. You see them. But you never see the boss. You never see the Don Corleone because he's, he has so many foot soldiers, he can put them at the forefront and he can hide in the background. But even though he can't be seen, he's got more power and authority and he runs everything. The same is true 
like I said, I, wanna, I don't want to dumb it down too much, but the same is relatively true in the demonic spirit realm, where the ones that you see people uh, committing suicide and going out murdering people or raping people, those are the moderately uh, weak spirits, but the spirit that is powering them in the reasons, the principalities and the powers that cover whole uh, areas and, and regions and nations, those are the ones that have the authority. Those are the ones that they draw from. Amen. So, so again, this is not the, the re the reason they're unsuccessful is because they're trying to knock down the soldier spirit, the foot soldier spirit, but the boss, the anchor spirit, again, detaching the anchor spirit, the boss is hanging out in the background. Um, and there's further proof of that because again, the father, the disciples said, there's a dumb spirit. But when Jesus came, the, the, the father's at his knees and he's saying, please help my son. What did Jesus call this spirit? Now, Jesus has all discernment. He has all knowledge and wisdom. He knows every spirit because he's high above principalities and powers and thrones and dominions. He knows the name. He knows the attitude. He knows the function of every spirit good and evil spirit. He knows all of it. So what did Jesus Christ call it? Jump down to verse 25. When Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the foul spirit saying, thou dumb and deaf spirit, I charge thee come out of him and enter into him no more. So Jesus didn't just call out the dumb spirit Jesus with his discernment, because Jesus didn't listen to what the father called the spirit. He didn't listen to, to, the, to what the disciples were saying. He didn't listen to what the crowd was saying. A lot of the times when you're in deliverance, you can't listen to what other people identify as a spirit because sometimes the head spirit has nothing to do with the symptoms. He said, thou dumb over here, the one that's manifesting, you're the dumb spirit and death spirit, the one, the anchor spirit, the one that's keeping the death spirit inside of this child because they're rebuking the dumb spirit to come out and come out, but it's anchored to the death spirit. And unless you unlatch and detach the death spirit, the dumb spirit is right at home and he'll never leave. He said, thou dumb and death spirit. He realized that there was a spirit. There's a very strong spirit because in the end, he said, this one, not the dumb one, but that deaf one, this one is so powerful. This one, because the disciples actually said, this one comes out only by prayer and fasting. That's how powerful this one is. It is, it is so well hidden under these layers that only fasting and praying can identify him. So he comes out and he says, thou dumb and desperate. So this is why we need spiritual discernment because again, I'm sure the disciples looked at it. They're already hearing that it's a dumb spirit and they're looking at this child. Look at the symptoms of the child. If you go back up to verse 18, what are the symptoms? And wheresoever he taketh him, he teareth him, he foameth, he gnasheth at the teeth, he pineth away. So he, he's being, he's having seizures. He's foaming at the mouth. He pineth away, meaning that he's, he's kind of whining like a wild animal. All these sound like fruits of a dumb spirit. What do any of those symptoms have to do whatsoever with a deaf spirit? The answer is absolutely nothing. See, in the spirit realm, what we see out of natural, I can see you foaming. I can see you pining away. I can hear you pining away. I can see you gnashing with your teeth. 
but in the spirit, the ball spirit, the anchor spirit has absolutely nothing to do with the symptoms. So out of our natural mind, I hear dumb spirit. That's all I'm going to focus on. That's why we got to stay in the spirit and go deeper to find out the root and detach that anchor spirit because that death spirit has nothing to do with these symptoms. But unless you detach that death spirit, those symptoms are there to stay. He said, thou dumb and deaf spirit. Jesus realized, wait a minute, there's another spirit that this dumb spirit is latching onto. That's why he has such a stronghold. And the reason why this deaf spirit is so powerful, look what the, look, um, Jesus asked the father, how long has he had this? What was his answer? Verse 21, the father said, uh, and he asked his father, how long uh, is it ago since this came unto him? And the father said, and he said, of a child. Now, he said, my son, he didn't say my boy, he didn't say my child has an issue, has a demon, has a dumb spirit. He said, my son. So that usually means that his son by, at this time is either a teenager or maybe in his early 20s because he's not referring to him as a boy or a child. But he said, this demon that's possessing him has been with him since a child. So what he's saying is my son in his teens or early 20s has been dealing with this for years and years and years. So the reason why this spirit is so powerful is because it's been ingrained in him for years and years and years. I don't know about you, but have you ever dealt with yourself or maybe a friend or family member? Maybe example, alcoholism. But they've been an alcoholic for years and years and years. And you think one church, Sunday church service will knock out that spirit. Sometimes it will. Sometimes God has the grace to do it. But sometimes it takes a lot of fasting and praying to take it out. Some of us, pornography, lust of the eye, lust of the flesh. Been dealing with it for years and years and years. And we think that one Wednesday Bible study will knock out that, that anchor spirit, the one that's ingrained. Now, it may knock out the symptom for a while and it may and sometimes demons go undercover it may knock out the symptom for a season and it may leave you alone but once it comes back it comes back in full force because that anchor spirit the one that's really attaching it at the root never left that's why he said this kind of comes out only by fasting and praying now with that i got a new understanding about what he meant when he said this kind of comes out only by prayer and fasting i thought when he, when I first heard this and I didn't understand the different rankings of spirits and things of that nature, I thought he was saying this kind comes out only by prayer and fasting, meaning that I need to be more powerful. I need more spiritual power in order to take out this kind of spirit. But from this case, it's not saying that I need more power. It's saying I need more discernment. Because again, they just came back from walking two by two. They had all the power over unclean spirits. Their problem wasn't power. Their problem was misidentification of the spirit that was behind the spirit that they could see. There was a spirit that was manifesting what they could see, but there was a spirit that was enabling that spirit that was deep down in that young boy's spirit that they could not identify. He's saying for that spirit, that kind can only come out by prayer and by fasting because without prayer and fasting, you'll miss it. You'll never see him. He's so deeply entrenched in the soul, in the mind, in the spirit of this young of this young person that you'll never see it unless you go deep into the spirit realm. So my question is 
for you out there. And it was for me. I had to check myself. What inside of me and what inside of you can be deeply entrenched? Maybe you get angry. Maybe you have bitterness. Maybe you have unforgiveness. Maybe you have lust. Maybe you have alcohol. Maybe it's drug. Whatever it is, is that it? Now, sometimes that's just the spirit that it is. But could it be that there's an anchor spirit that's attaching it to you? I denounce that alcoholism. I denounce that lust of the foot. I denounce this and that. But it seems to leave for a season and come back. Could it be that there's an anchor spirit that I have yet to identify in myself? Could there be an anchor spirit? I, I've been praying for that loved one and they seem to be good. But two Sundays later, they seem to be back in the same predicament. Could it be that there's an anchor spirit that's so powerful that it is hidden from the sin? And it may have a name that has absolutely nothing to do with the symptoms. That anchor spirit. See, to, to illustrate this, God, um, he'll sometimes show me pictures. And what he showed me, I was on like a big, huge ship. And on this ship, uh, I couldn't go anywhere. I was in the middle of the water and it had power. The engine was going. I could hear the whirling of, of the rotor. And I, I put, what I did was that thought, that verse came to me. Uh, this kind comes out by prayer and fasting. But at that time, I thought prayer and fasting meant more power. So in this vision, I put it up full power. I pulled the throttle all the way up and I could hear, I could hear the engine and I still went nowhere. And what he told me was power down, power down. And he told me to look uh, over the bow into the water. Now, again, this is a spiritual vision. So in real life, I probably couldn't see it. But in spiritual, uh, in this vision, below the surface of the water, I saw an anchor. And this anchor was in the rock. So below the surface of the water, this I was being held back because of an anchor that I could not see. I was so focused on getting more and more power. I couldn't see that this anchor that I had my ship attached to land and I couldn't move forward until it was detached. So then I started praying. And when he told me that prayer and fasting was really about identifying it, because now you can see below the surface, below what the physical uh, amities are and ailments are. And you can see below the surface and you you can see the spirit that's holding the other spirits attached to your ship. And once I detached the anchor, I pulled the throttle up. I didn't even have to pull it all the way up. I pulled it up a little bit and I was on my way. It didn't take that much power. It took a whole lot of discernment. It took prayer and fasting to discern, uh, to determine what spirit was really behind the scenes, pulling the strings and having authority. So on today, prayer and fasting is so crucial in this hour. I don't know if we're angry. I say we because I'm included with y'all. We're family. Could it be anger that's in us? Could it be bitterness that's in us? Could it be lust of the eye of the flesh that's in us? Could it be unforgiveness? Could it be just lashing out? Could it be that maybe that's the fruit, but there's a spirit behind it that we we have no idea about because it may not hit your, your intellect. It, it's not going to hit the mind of men. It's in the spirit. So I encourage you, get on your knees, get into your prayer closet and just meditate on it and ask God to show you any spirit that's in you that should not be. Amen. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord God, we just thank you for 
just being with us on today, the Lord God, just giving us knowledge of any anchor spirits, the Lord God. We decree and declare that any spirit in the atmosphere that's unlike you be vanquished, Father, that it vacate the premises, Father. We, we proclaim and plead the blood of Christ over each and every listening ear, Father, in a tent of heart, in a mind of, in a, in a mighty name of Jesus, the Lord God, over every household, Father. There's a mother out there, there's a father out there with a son or a daughter in the name of Jesus, the Lord God. The, they want to declare that they're, they're ADHD and uh, declare all these different things. We want to put them on pills and medicines, the Lord God. We plead the blood of Christ over that young child, over that young prophet, over that young bishop, over that young entrepreneur right now in the mighty name of Jesus, the Lord God. We break the chains in Jesus' name. We just thank you, Father. We love you, the Lord God. There's somebody, they have ailment in their body, the Lord God. They claim that it's cancer, the Lord God, but could it be that there's an ailment spirit, Father, that's attaching the ailment to their body, the Lord God. We just pray, Father, for a deeper relationship with you, the Lord God, a deeper vision, Father, that we can properly identify anything that's in our lives, Father. There's somebody out there, they're trying to escape that lust spirit, the Lord God, but there's something deep on the inside, the Lord God, that's anchoring that spirit to their life, the Lord God. We just pray for identification in the spirit. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hallelujah.